Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and get a unique WordPress website or store right away. From there, you can customize your design, colors, and content. And Bluehost automatically helps you get found in search engines like Google and Bing. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins, Bluehost makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. G'day and welcome to the call. 10 stock picked by you, two experts, one hour. It is Friday, the 14th of July. I'm Andrew Gagan. Good to have you with us on the show today. Adam Dawes from Shore & Partners and David, David Novak from Wealthwise Education. Welcome to both of you guys. Uh, of course, uh, you've been doing well over the last couple of days on the local market. Don't uh, jinx us. Okay. <laughs> well, okay, Adam. Yes. Um, look, a couple of things at play, certainly given that inflation read. Yeah. Out of the states, uh, obviously risk assets. They've been off. Yeah, um, I mean responded positively to it. I should mm. say. Um, I might also get a bit of reaction just as far as that RBA appointment is concerned too. Yeah. Uh, so international. Um, it, it was interesting that even now it's getting close to that two to three percent band. They're still saying that they're going to keep pushing their foot on the accelerator of interest rates. So they're still not done. And they still want to get it into that sort of two to three percent. Three percent, I think, is is looking pretty good. Um, so yeah, I, I think the U.S. market looks really great, and and risk on assets now continue. Whereas Australia, I think we're in a very very different situation. We've still got a long way to go. So it's going to be a sort of uh, uh, you know, obviously the U.S. will lead. As far as the, I think it was a good appointment. I think it was right. Mm. So yeah, I mean. Could have done a worse job than the previous. Continuity. Continuity is good. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, no, I think uh, the only thing that I saw out of that, they are reducing the meetings from yeah, 11 to 8. eight. Yeah. So we like to every month get that color uh, about what's going on. So potentially markets might get a little bit nervous if we're not getting that much color. So anyway, we'll see how we go. Yeah, absolutely. David, uh, well, first, your thoughts on those market movements we've seen recently? Oh, look, I, th- I think it's a bit early to be uh, popping champagne corks um, mm. on that um, CPI, PPI number. Um, you know, the thing is that I'm watching, which is uh, probably the cat amongst the pigeons, is the oil price, you know, and commodities. Because if crude's breaking up right at the moment, it's 77 US a barrel. And uh, if that breaks eighty dollars, I mean, we we could be off well, it did to. did break? The... Uh, Brent's broken eighty. Yeah, Brent's. Yeah, that's yeah. right. But uh, yeah, I'm talking about the um, the other benchmark, which is WTI. the yeah, WTI. Texas, yeah. So um, so that's going to be uh, you know watching commodity prices. I think uh, could really put a um, a bad apple in the cart, you know. And uh, so I, I wouldn't be just jumping for joy right now and being overconfident that inflation's. Uh, handled mm. at this stage so and the bond market even though it, the yields are pulled back uh, the US 10-year Treasury still got the inverse yield curve in the 10 in the two years mm. um, it's pulled back I mean you've just got to be careful here I think it's too early to to be overly optimistic <laughs> and there's there's so many spinning plates at the moment I mean you got China you know I think their export numbers were lower than expected they're dealing yeah. with deflation yes very little, you know, everybody's been expecting some stimulus there. Yeah. There's been none. So it's it's a very uncertain environment. And the ASX 200 index, have you seen the, the movements in the last five weeks? Mm. 
I mean, each week it's been moving over 250 points yeah, it's quite dramatic, up and down. It's yeah. in like in four days. It's so we're back to that level where we were a week ago. So I wouldn't be rushing to buy right now. I'm still a bit on the cautious camp and, you know, and the tech sector is just going, there's, you know, it's getting a very thin up there in, mm. in terms of altitude. It's a crowded trade too Whew. as well. It's, um, All right. Well, I mean, you mentioned those uh, commodities. Well, we've got a couple of commodity stocks to consider today. In fact, uh, let's uh, preview. We've got uh, the first five Northern Star Resources, GQG Partners, Horizon Holdings, uh, like a podium and vintage energy. Now, our stock of the day is in the resources space. It's Fortescue Metals. Of course, this week, we heard that the chairperson, Andrew Forrest, and his wife, Nicola Forrest, had been married for more than three decades and now it's split. And that raises questions about the couple's joint 36% stake in Fortescue. Uh, the company's saying there'll be no change to the control direction or major shareholder owned by Tattering and Dr. Forrest Associated entities, Andrew Forrest will remain as executive chairperson and also chairperson of Tattering and Mindaroo Foundation. So David, um, you know, we often there's concern about change at the top, certainly it's at the executive or board level, but what, what does this mean more broadly for Fortescue then do you think? Oh jeez, it all depends on your outlook for iron ore, you know, um, you know, the iron ore price has been holding pretty steady. I think at last I looked at it, it was around 110? Yeah, 112, yeah. 112 US. Uh, but the Aussie dollar's risen, you know, that's had a sharp rise because the US dollar has had a sharp fall in the last few days with that those CPI numbers. So look, I'm not a buyer up here. I, I just think you're approaching major resistance at 23 bucks. Technically, mm. I'm, a, I'm a technician. And up here, you can see where it is. Um, now, with the separation of... Um, um, Andrew and Nicola, then, you know, Nicola, she's still a major shareholder. The question is that there was talk they were going to sell, going to sell down some of their shareholdings for philanthropy reasons. So for that reason as well, I'd, I'd say there might be an extra, a little bit of extra supply coming into the market. But again, um, I'm, if you look at the iron ore chart, it's not bullish, right, mm. at this stage. It's holding up really well, though. Yeah, it has it's been. It's defying incredible. gravity. It has. So, so while it's up here, though, I mean, yeah. you know, Fortescue's just, you know, and the other iron ore producers are, are reaping it in. Mm. So, but I just wouldn't be a buyer just yet up here. So I'm calling that a hold. Hold, yeah. Yeah. Hold. Okay. Yeah, Adam, in fact, uh, Nicola Forrest now has, uh, she's a greater holder on the yeah, register than, on the register. than Andrew. Yeah. 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 So, like, I think, I think there's a couple of things that you want to look at. And going back to uh, Hamish Douglas, and you know separation within Magellan. Magellan came out and said, in the first 12 months, nothing's going to happen, right? So that sort of kept the market a little bit uh, on, on off edge, but kept them okay. But the thing is, is what you've got here is is that you've got um, a partner who has a very major holding, and she's potentially not a not a holder of the stock. She will my, most likely want to get rid of some, and so the market sees that as a bit of an overhang. And it's a big overhang and whether she sells all of it i don't think so and then they'll try to do block trades and they'll try to but it will come out in the press that she's sold some and that's a negative for the stock david's absolutely right it's all about the iron ore price with fortescue that you you cannot look any further and if the iron ore price does come back below 100 fortescue will come back down to 19 bucks pretty quickly and you know and things like that so um, I just think that the market needs to be given confidence that she's not going to be doing anything in the next sort of 12 months and then there'll be a bit more of a wait and see. 
but also, yeah, what is that going to look like? How is the control going to happen? I think they've answered a lot of that, but still the market will be seeing that there's an overhang there. So I agree with the hold. I think iron ore is 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 really toppy up here or defying gravity. It has gone a lot higher than what it is, but I prefer something like a BHP. You've got you've got oh you've got iron ore, you've got copper, you've got lots of more diversification. And remember, Fortescue only has one customer, and that's yep. not a great business model yep. when you get down to it. So, yep, hold. All right, that is a double hold then for Fortescue. All right, let's get into the stocks as picked by you. The first one being Northern Star, uh, the gold miner. And uh, when you have to look at the gold price recently and the performance of some of those uh, goldies to uh, realise that, um, well, they've been doing very well, particularly, I guess, good, the gold price, as we've seen with the US dollar, has come off in, uh, in the wake of that uh, latest inflation read out of the States. I guess the question is, uh, is that sustainable? Uh, Will gold continue to rise from this point, uh, given that that's what these gold miners rely on? Mm. Adam, how, how do you look at the gold miners in general and, and in particular Northern Star? Yeah, so gold miners in general, obviously, you, you, it's predicated on the gold price, but how much they can get it out of the ground and how much they can sell it for, you know, that's, that's the biggest thing. Northern Star is probably one of our better stocks on the market now that Newcrest is leaving or is going to leave. Um, we do know Newcrest uh, with the new owners, they are going to sell some of those larger mines. And I think Northern Star is the one that, as well as Evolution, will take advantage of some of those, what Newcrest calls B-class, whereas Northern Star would be very happy to pick up some of those assets and turn them around. So I think Northern Star's in the box seat. I'm going to say it's a buy from me. Uh, a lot of money will start to flow from Newcrest into Northern Star and Evolution as that happens. Um, but yeah, I think they'll benefit from the sale of some of those assets. They're a very good operator and really comfortable with Northern Star in clients' portfolios. Okay. Are you in the gold sector though? Are you focused on those big producers? Th- yes. Are you going any further down the list in terms of no. developers or explorers? No. I think it, you're fraught with danger down there, especially because you're going to be in some African country where you have no idea what the political landscape is. And it's happened to me before where I've uh, got the rug pulled out from underneath me and uh, I'll never do that again. Staying in Australia, Northern Star and Evolution. Are the All right, top fact, I think we've got one of those coming up that's yes. offshore. So we'll, uh, we'll get into that <laughs> later. Uh, okay, David, your view? Yeah, look, it's not my preferred stock in the sector, I've got to say, even though it's, it's, it will be the biggest after, uh, as, it, as Adam said, um, when uh, Newcrest leaves. Well, although they'll be having trading on, what do they call it, on ADIs or whatever that is, when Newmont takes it over. Yeah. Um, however, uh, God, I just remember recommending Northern Star when it was 45 cents back in 2015. Wow. It was yeah. on Your Money, Your Call. Yeah. Yeah. And Bill, Billy Bolmate was watching and I s- just saw his presentation in the city, at Patterson's presentation. Yeah. And I thought, wow, this one's going, it's only a hundred million market cap. Bought it, thought I was a genius and sold it when it doubled. Yeah. <laughs> well, you were a genius <laughs> when it doubled. <laughs> and it's kept going. Well, you won. <laughs> Just so, not maybe as much as you could. Good. Hindsight. Very <laughs> hindsight. Uh, the thing that concerns me about Northern Star is their costs. You know, um, you know it, it also, when you're looking at gold producers, you've got to look at their hedging policy mm. as well. Because some of them, their costs have gone up. The average is somewhere between, if you're looking at it, somewhere between 1750 and 1950 all in sustaining costs yeah. Aussie. Aussie now the other thing is even though the US dollar gold price has gone up to 1966 US at the moment or thereabouts the Aussie dollar price like I said has shot up yeah the Australian dollar gold price has actually gone down mm. isn't it? 
So you've got to be aware of that. So it's it's only marginally down to twenty eight fifty. Yeah. Uh, so they're still getting a very good margin of a thousand bucks thereabouts. Mm. But it depends again on their hedging, where if they've got the hedging at twenty three hundred or twenty four hundred, yeah. and they're unwinding it, well then you know you don't want to be in those. Well, in fact, the other thing we haven't mentioned too is it's announced that expansion of its mill there for one and a half billion dollars. You know, just in terms of that capex spend. Well, exactly. But their return on equity, I've got to tell you, has been subliminal. It's been very ordinary, right. really below average. You know, something like five or six percent. So uh, now uh, I know you don't like the the West Australian gold producers, but I do like West Africa and Perseus. Um, because they're lower cost. West Africa, African, yeah, Australia, and, and yep. um, they are lower cost and unhedged, mm. so they're getting huge margins. Yeah, um, of they're just generating enormous margins, much bigger in return on on equity than the Australian producers. But if I was going to pick an Aussie, yeah, producer, my my number one pick would be probably Silver Lake. I like really like Silver Lake. Evolution, I, I don't mind. They're also pretty good, but mm-hmm. again, they've got some hedging in place there. Um, Golden Road, well, they've had a bit of a pullback, but I think at some stage they could be taken <coughs> over. But those two, Golden Road and Silver Lake, would probably be my two Aussie picks, I'd say. All right, so so what would you do in Northern Star? Hold it? Uh, yeah, look, uh, not for me. I would yeah. be looking at, because I think I can get more leverage on others, you know, than, than well, Northern So maybe sell it to buy another? Buy the other ones that I talked about, yeah. Yeah, all yeah, right. Because I, I see more ups. Percentage upsides. I mean, you know, if you look at um, where Northern Star is trading at the moment, what is it around seventeen bucks or something? No, I think it's fourteen-ish, isn't it? Uh, hang on, let me yeah. just have a look. I'll just look at the quickly at the chart. There, yeah, that's right, thirteen dollars forty. Yeah. So it's had a pretty big rise here. Um, you know, I, I just see bigger percentage gains in some of the other ones that I've mentioned. You know. Yeah. But nothing wrong with it. If you've got Northern Star. You know, at best it's a hold, but mm. it wouldn't be my, like I said, preferred stock in the sector. Yep. Okay. All right. Let's move on then. Our second one is GQG Partners, uh, picked by Les. Uh, it is. It was actually based in Florida. Investment manager uh, added more than uh, 5.6 billion US. That's uh, more than 8 billion to funds under management in the last month, which is obviously a positive sign because, as we discussed previously on this show, many of the fund managers having had significant outflows rather than inflows. Uh, so, um, David, given that, uh, what's your view on GQG? Uh, look, it's, um, uh, you know, it's okay. I, actually, I don't mind it. I mean, I was just looking at their international equity exposure, global, they've got international global exposure, which is which is good, of course, in this environment, especially, uh, they, I think they're mainly focused on emerging markets, if I'm not yeah, wrong there. Yeah, correct. You know? yeah. So, um, as opposed to the US equities. But look, the chart's been, you know, if I look at that, <laughs> you look at that chart, it's choppy. been going pretty choppy, sideways trend going nowhere. Uh, it's at the top of the range right now. Um, look, it, it, it's not, <sighs> look, you could, you know, it's got a 5% unfranked yield. Um, hasn't been listed that long from what I can see, only a couple of years. Um, it's a boutique, you know, kind of, um, you know, operator in that space. Um, the our earnings is around 12, 13, which is not bad. It's not over, mm. over expensive. There's about seven brokers have a price target average of about $2.10 thereabouts. So look, um, I wouldn't say it's a definite hold. I don't know if I'd buy it personally, but you know, it's it's not bad. So it's 
it's bordering on a buy, mm. but it's a, at best a hold, as far as I'm concerned. Okay, Adam. Well, I think if you look at that chart and you're a chartist, you potentially want to wait until it gets to the that, bottom end of that range that it's been trading in. Yes. And that, that's potentially where you sort of entry point in uh, to the to the story. But with a lot of fund managers, you've just got to follow the inflows. Now we know the famous one, Magellan. I've, twice I've mentioned it today on the show already, but Magellan continues yeah. to have outflows and. You can't be in a business that is losing money or outflows where you want to have net inflows. And that's exactly what GQG is having, net inflows. And that certainly has a reasonable pipeline of client demand going forward into the emerging market side of things, as well as the international. Um, They did lose a bit of money out of their global equity strategy, but that was definitely then taken up by the emerging side of the US uh, market as well. they did have a good tailwind on their performance. So first of all, you've got to follow the inflows, but then you also got to follow the performance because if you're yeah. not making money, then what's the point in investing in these things? But they had a good tailwind throughout the quarter, adding another $8.4 billion onto the uh, overall fund because of market movements moving in the right direction, international markets. So all in all, it looks quite good following the, the money and they're getting the performance. But as David said, I'd look for that sort of that mid-range. I'd look for that bottom end to start to entry into this into the story, because that's probably where you're going to get your most of your uplift going forward. So I'm going to say it's a buy, but at an entry level that is more consistent with the chart. So you'd be looking for at a lower price to enter. Mm. Yep. Um, but overall, uh, things are moving in the right direction. Inflows coming in, performances coming in, management look okay, and uh, they've you know hopefully they can keep that performance moving. Okay, all right. Well, speaking of moving, let's get into Horizon Holdings. It is Australia's largest uh, freight tra- rail transport uh, company. Uh, in fact, I think it's holding its investor event next week. Uh, some of the brokers perhaps looking for an upgrade here um, on. Uh, FY 23, uh, 24 earnings, I should say, given FY 23 was some weather events that sort of hit the company. So Adam, mm. how do you see Horizon? So this one's always been a good one for dividend yield. Mm. This is the old Queensland rail. Mm. This one has been fantastic on the dividend yield. So for uh, investors that want that higher end dividend yield, um, I think that's something that you could potentially look at, sort of looking at that dividend yield as sort of fives. Uh, five and a half to sort of uh, percent uh, dividend yield on the business, so that that's actually looking quite good. But coal is the biggest haul, there are the biggest hauler of coal uh, up the eastern seaboard of Australia, and that accounts for more than seventy percent of their revenue. Now, coal use faces, I guess, long-term structural headwinds, which we're seeing. And certainly for investors that don't understand what they do and they say, I don't want, I want to be ESG focused, you don't buy a Ryzen for them because it's obviously moving backwards and forwards coal. They have started to pivot into non-coal assets, which is going to take a hit to the revenue because you don't have as many trains moving up and down coal. You've got to move that for something else and then potentially they've got to work for that. But I think that pivot is the right pivot for the business as a company. They need to be looking at other opportunities, other because the structural issues are with coal and potentially that coal is or bulk commodities are going to sort of start to slow down. So I'm going to say it's a hold for me only if you've got it. One looking at that chart looks a little bit toppy, but um, you want to hold it for the income. And that's generally what most of my clients have got it for is that income side of things. And only time will tell to see what kind of pivoting that they will do 
going going away from coal, and uh, you know it, it, they're basically looking to address green metals, uh, containerized freight, all those kinds of things. Are they going to be able to win market share in those in those businesses? Only time will tell. So I'd hold it for the dividend. Uh, and the price at the moment looks looks a little bit toppy, but yeah, it's it's a good business. David, um, yeah, look, I, I at best uh, has a have a hold on it as well. Uh, it's not a terribly exciting business, you know. Sometimes boring is good. Sometimes boring is good. <laughs> so I do I do agree with Adam's comments there about you know for, as a yield stock. I mean, it's like an infra, it's an infrastructure stock really. Mm. You know, getting four and a half percent fully franked, six and a half gross or something. Yeah. Um, you know, their their return on assets and equity is not you know to shoot the lights out. That's for sure. But steady as she goes. Mm. Um, and um, yeah, look, I, it'd be interesting to see what their market update will be. I think they've got a bit of um, capex as well in uh, to, to uh, capital expenditure over the next twelve months. Is uh, that part of that pivot that Adam was talking about? I think so. Possibly, you'd have to wait and see what their update is about that. Yeah. But look, it's not a to me. It's not a growth story at this stage. Um, and again, you know, with the bulk commodities and particularly coal, as Adam was saying, you know, it's one of those ESG um, sensitive areas as well. So. Um, again, hold at best, um, but you know, if you're looking for a steady yield, this is the one. Yeah. So, but yeah, it's not shooting the lights out, and they've got protection in terms of inflation, and they they, they can inflate their prices. Yeah. And keep pace with inflation as well, so they've got that kind of protection as well. All right, that is Horizon Holdings. Moving right along to Lycopodium, or Lycopodium, depending which way you want to say it, I guess. Uh, it does provide engineering and delivery services in the resources and infrastructure uh, sectors. Uh, David, I'm not, I'm, I don't, I've never covered this one before, so what can you tell us about Lycopodium? Yeah, look, it's a you know, mining services, infrastructure company, engineering. They operate in a number of different locations, Australia, South Africa, Canada, Ghana, Philippines. Um, you know, their actual um, numbers here are not too bad. I mean, they're only a small market cap of just under 400 million. Um, you can see that, that there's a bit of resistance up here. But look, their, their, um, their return on their equity has been pretty good. It's over 30%. Yield is 7, 7.2%, fully frank. That's exceptional. Mm. Uh, where they maintain that or not is another question. But, um, you know, they it, it's a very lumpy area, isn't it? You know, the, the mining services, engineering, it's all depending on contract wins, etc. But um, look up here, the chart's showing me that it's getting a bit tired after it's had a pretty good run here from September, October last year, whatever that price was. I'm just looking at it now. Um, you know, it's gone from... Geez, where is it? Hang on, it's gone from what doubled in from five dollars to to eleven dollar recent high back to ten mm. here. So it's look, I wouldn't be chasing it up here. Uh, if it pulled back to about you know eight dollars, I'd be looking at it for sure. But uh, look, it's it's a hold if you've got it. It's holding trend, but it is getting a bit of resistance up here, and there's some supply coming in in terms of selling. So it's not a buy for me right now, but certainly look at it if it pulls back to lower levels and especially, um, you know, their reporting season coming up and see what their results look like in the mm-hmm. outlook. Yeah. So to me, it's, uh, you're looking as though it's a bit like Horizon. It's um, not overly exciting. And, and there's not much, there's no broker coverage as well on the right. stock. So, mm. you know, it's, it's all dependent on 
the market and yeah. you know and yeah hearsay. Well, that probably means that means they don't need to raise any capital that's right. soon. So that's you know right. that that means that uh, you know it's it's probably all right. Um, I think that overall, um, mining services businesses, you, you have to make sure that they're getting these contracts, but it's not a fixed price contract. It's got to be variable. Mm. So a lot of businesses many years ago were just going fixed price to win the bid. But the problem is, is with that, then when we see materials and we see costs rising 30% per annum, then all of a sudden your margin is squeezed and squeezed and squeezed. So it would need to be that they have a, a variable cost uh, base for, for all these contracts. And I, I couldn't work out whether they did that or not, but I suspect they do. Um, for me, I, I would say it's a sell. I don't think you need to be there. Looking at the chart looks really good. Take some profits there. Mm. I prefer Wallies is a, a better engineering business with a green tinge yeah. to it. And I think that uh, gives you better better value for your money going forward, something like a Wallys. So I'd, I'd sell that uh, for a switch. Wallys. Right. Okay, well, let's uh, sort of stay in that uh, resources space then because we're going to vintage energy. This one picked by Dan. Uh, it is sort of oil and gas exploration floated about five years ago, uh, recently wrapped up an institutional uh Cap rates there about five and a half million, looking to ramp up its production in the Cooper Basin gas field. Adam, yeah, so it's it, it's an interesting one this one because I generally don't go into the smaller end of the market for oil and gas. I prefer to stay with the Woodside Santoses of the world. I can sleep better at night and I'm more comfortable. Um, East Coast gas we know has been in undersupply, and uh, that that is obviously it's a seller's market out there. So um, I think that, that that's a good thing. They just raised some capital, like you said, 5.6 million in June uh, this last month. So that they've got cash uh, going there forward. They're stronger balance sheet. I think that that's a real positive, but it's all down to, um, well, cash flow, but then also production. And so, yeah, you'd be a little bit cautious down here, you know, it, it looks pretty illiquid too because it's a bit blocky, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, so that's a bit of a giveaway. That's right. Yeah, so it probably doesn't trade too too much there. I think the key risk is achieving the production rates, so and justifying the field expansion that they're going to do, and then really getting that development little capex versus uh, the production revenue going forward as well. So I I wouldn't be in it. I don't think you need to be there. Uh, I think you'd stay in the top end. Uh, so it'd be a sell from me, David. Yeah, look, I'd, I'd be avoid it as well on this one. Um, it's just too much of a small cap. Um, again, there's the liquidity issue. Um, it trades on average over the past three months around $50,000 worth. Yeah, right. <laughs> average right. turnover. Mm. So you don't want to be there. They did a cap raise recently. They raised, I think, $5.6 at yep. $0.05. Cents. It's, it's a speculative uh, play on discovery, really, exploration and discovery play. You really want to stick to the bigger guys, you know, Beach or Santos. I mean, I, I really, I'm surprised when I'm looking at Santos and Woodside. Yeah. Like, why are these stocks not Moving. shooting the light? Yeah, they're just like, Santos is up three cents today. I don't get it. I don't get it. It's so, you know, I'd much prefer those those stocks in the bigger end, Karoom, as mm. well as more of a pure ore play. But if you're talking about gas, I mean, Santos is looking at, they're about to s s sell off their, you know, like five percent of their 
P&G assets for 1.4 billion US. Mm. I mean, you know, they're doing a share buyback. They're going to give, I'm sure, a special div. I think Santos is a bargain here. Yeah. It's, it's okay. a, I, I just, I don't get it. Um, so I, I would not be in, in playing. This is the specky end of the market. Yeah. Yep. All right. Okay, let's sum up. We've been for the first half of the show then. Our stock of the day, Fortescue. This is off the back of the news this week of uh, the uh, breakdown of the marriage uh, of Andrew Forrest and his wife Nicola and the effect that that will have on the company given their large holdings there and their uh, control over it. Um, so both coming up with a whole, they're saying, well, that, that's obviously an immediate effect, but not a great one. It's really still all about the iron ore price. Uh, in uh, staying in the resources space, our first of our five picks, Northern Star, the gold miner there, uh, it is uh, undertaking an exp- uh, expansion of its uh, mill there at a cost of $1.5 billion. Uh, Adam's got a buy on it, um, pointing out also it's going to benefit from um, the, the buyout there of Newcrest. Uh, but a different approach here from David. Uh, he's got, well, potentially a hold, maybe a sell. He's looking elsewhere, really, uh, not uh, his preferred. He's sort of worried about the cost there in particular. He likes uh, Silver Lake if you're going to pick a Goldie. Uh, just in terms of funds management, GQG Partners there, uh, boutique operation. It's a hold from David. Um, and for Adam, it, uh, he likes the positive inflows, which um, may be a bit, a bit rare these days just in terms of the fund managers. He's got to buy on it, uh, particularly if it's at a lower price. Horizon Holdings, uh, Adam pointing out a good dividend yield there. He's got a hold, but saying it's a bit toppy at these levels. Uh, David also a hold, but uh, pointing out it's a bit boring, not a growth story. Uh, like a podium. In the mining services space, David, uh, pointing out exceptional yield here for the stock, but did buy on a, a pullback, but he's slapping a hold on it at this point. Uh, whereas Adam has a sell on it, saying take some profit. He prefers Whirly. And Vintage Energy there, finally. a uh, Well, Adam pointing out he likes the, the big producers in this space in oil and gas. He's got a sell on it. And David pretty much agrees here. He's got an avoid on it, just saying it's too small, pointing out that it's a liquid. He prefers Santos. All right, so now the call is tracking uh, its own high conviction fund picked by our investment committee. The latest episode of that is live for you to watch at ausbiz.com. So checking in on the portfolio update in mid-July. Well, going into this month, Boss Energy was replaced by Paladin and Kelsian is out for Levisa. Uh, so let's check in on the performance. So far, our fund up just over five and a quarter percent on a cumulative return basis since its inception in March last year. So keep sending in your requests. Keep the call switched on to see which stocks our committee will be looking at next. Well, next in the second half of the show, we'll be taking a look at Emerald Resources, Integrated Research, EBOS, New Hope Corporation and Bell Financial. Let's get into it then with our sixth stock. It is uh, Emerald Resources. Uh, look, it's an explorer and developer of gold projects, uh, and this is based in Cambodia, uh, which some have referred to as a gold miner's paradise. Interesting to see whether our experts agree here. David, you were saying you quite like those that are in Africa at the moment. Mm. So what do you think, Daniel, of emeralds? Well, that's, that's why the stock price has gone, you know, why it's shut up so much. Have a look at Unhedge. Their average sale price was... What one thousand nine hundred seventy-three thousand 
1973 US, they reported yep. their average selling price. Um, and then you look at their costs. Their costs are like, what, around 800, 800. You know, US. So there you go, you know, yep. and hence look at the chart. And their return on equity is like 32%. I mean, uh, I didn't know much. Actually, I didn't even know about this one until I started looking at it uh, today or a couple of days ago. Um, so look at that trend. I would not be chasing this. I mean, right now the market cap uh, is up there approaching 1.4 billion. Now they're producing 100 to 110,000 ounces. Now, again, when I compare that to West Africa, it's double that. Mm. West Africa is 210 to 230,000, and that's going to more than double over the next uh, couple of years, three, mm. two to three years. They're also, again, unhedged. West Africa, they've got $200 million. They're uh, in the bank, no debt. Well, they're taking on debt for the expansion. However, um, you know, their, their market cap is just under a billion. So in terms of value, mm. uh, that's better value than Emerald Resources. But geez, I'd be taking some profits on this one and maybe diversifying a bit. And you know, uh, you know, it's a much better trend than West Africa is right now. Yeah. Looks pretty crappy on the trend, West Africa. But I think that'll change in time, in you know, not too distant future, actually. Yeah. But uh, yeah, uh, that cuts back to my point. What I was saying about the the low cost, unhedged producers, like in Cambodia and West Africa. All right. Okay. So maybe sell then and take some profit, as you say. Definitely take some profits. I think. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Adam, um, I think you sort of said earlier when we were looking at Northern Star and the gold space that you know you do like the bigger end, obviously, yes. but also you're concerned about that sovereign risk that you get outside 100% of Australia. The sovereign risk, yeah. Uh, and, and Cambodia can um, pretty much, like we've seen with you know um, Kingsgate. Uh, oh yeah, Kingsgate. You know, yeah, Thailand. Thailand. They they yeah. took the mine away from them, yeah. basically ruined it for four or five years now starting to come back the Thai government's given them back the, the land they're now starting to get on and it's starting to move so um, I, I'm always worried about geopolitical uh, even in Australia you don't really know what's going to happen but mm. I think we've got some kind of um, uh, with WAF West African Gold I, I we did really well on the IPO like we, we made a lot of money on the IPO and, and so hence haven't gone <coughs> back but mm. Emerald Resources doesn't look too bad 71 million in cash uh, the, the, like market cap 1.2, 1.4 billion, it's getting up there. Um, but it's it's all about how much they can get it out of the ground and all in sustaining costs are fantastic. 800 bucks an ounce. They're producing 27,000 ounces on average in the quarter. Like there's some good money to be made and they've got a lot of cash sitting in the bank. So I think that's what really is pushing this share price higher is that mm. there's 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 cash there, there's gold, they're mining it, they're getting, they're getting the right costs out. Their waste all ratio is only five to one, so it's actually really, really good. So they're actually the, the mine that they've got is actually producing really quite well. So probably warrants that that share price or the the trajectory of that share price. But I'm with David. I, I'd be taking some profits. I, I think you could you could certainly if you bought this thing, you know, at a dollar, whatever, you could definitely take some money off the table here. We know the gold price isn't going to stay elevated forever. Um, there is going to be some kind of consolidation somewhere. If growth really starts to kick on, the golds, all the gold stocks are going to pull back. Uh, at the moment, we're in really defensive mode and most I think the, the fear is out there, so hence why the gold price is moving. So, I, yeah, I just think that you could be doing somewhere else. I'm going to stay with my original call, Northern Star or Evolution, staying in the big end of town. I know it sounds a little bit boring, but you'd be able to sleep better at night, and I think that's where you need to be. 
Yep. And I think it's been very disappointing for the gold bugs out there, you know, where the gold price is. I mean, yeah. you know, they expected with inflation that mm. gold would be well above 2000 US. It yep. just hasn't just hasn't gone on with it. And look at the smaller end of town. The small cap, I mean, they're just dying. You know, that used to well, be. Well, they're a, consolidating as well. We're it, seeing a lot of those um, Musgrave and something else. They're, was, they're all sort of getting together because you either got to get big or go home. Yeah. Like you, you can't be a small gold, one T, one mine, truck and shovel job. You can't do that anymore. It's just impossible. Yeah, well, I think, I think you're right. There's going to be a lot of consolidation in the you know, where the smaller one end of town, they're finding these big. They're finding good gold finds out there. So they're yeah. just going to be t- swallowed up by the bigger guys. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, you make a good point. Certainly, part of that frustration is the, the gold is a concern because even with the geopolitical risk, as we saw with the Ukraine war, it was the expectation that gold was going to take off, and it didn't really happen. No, mm. no. So it's been a mystery, I've got to say. It's yeah, a, a, a frustration yeah. for them. All right. Let's uh, move on then. That was uh, Emerald Resources, Re- Resources both uh, agreeing that uh, you should take some profit if you're in it. Our next one is Integrated Research. This one picked by Evan. It's sort of a global provider of uh, performance management, analytics of communication, IT, infrastructure and the like. Um, just take a look at the share price. In fact, it's up 30% in the past month, but uh, hasn't really gone anywhere over the past year as mm. if you uh, look over the longer term. Adam. What are your thoughts? Yeah, so the business has always been a bit of a market darling as well as uh, it's also been uh, highly highly held via institutions as well. So it does provide it being quite a liquid in, in places and you get to look at the daily and it'll probably be a little bit blocky as well. But they did provide a 2023 trading update uh, and it was mixed, but overall I think it was okay. But they were just saying revenue is going to be up 7 to 11%. Uh, as well as then uh, EBITDA is looking okay also. So earnings uh, were down, cash and dividends were up. So for me, I don't think you need to be there. I think this is a sell. It's a, it's a bit of a tough one because it is quite illiquid. Um, but yeah, for me, um, there's better other places to be and I'm going to say uh, it's an avoid from me. Mm. Okay. David, do you agree? I agree. I mean, really, if you look at that share price trend and where it is today, it's like, you know, watching a heart monitor. It's just like died. It's, <laughs> it's, it's dead. dead. <laughs> it's, a, it's a straight line. Yeah. It's well, a there mic- you go. There's, there's the longer term. <laughs> there, yeah. there it is. See, yeah. it's just died. Yeah. Uh, can you believe where, where the stock price was at one stage? Mm. I've got here like... 480-ish. Yes, yep. five bucks or something. It's yeah. um, incredible where it is today. So it's been, uh, you know, and they're into analytics and performance. Well, they certainly have. <laughs> They've missed it. <laughs> they've missed it. Um, they have got, um, it seems to be that they've got um, some new customer base that wins in, um, that they're getting lately. But look, I, I would wait for their results. And they said on 25th of August yeah. to re- reassess it. So this would be an avoid. They have got cash in the bank, which is a good thing, of 18.6 million on a market cap of 77. So they're incredibly, um, you know, um, if you could say cheap for a good reason. But uh, let's have a look at their, I'd wait for the 25th of August when they're, uh, um, put, when they report and what their guidance is. But yeah, for now, it's an avoid. Okay, integrated research, uh, an avoid from both essentially. All right, let's move on to EBOS Group, picked by Luke, which is some medical pharmaceutical equipment, uh, consumer, consumable products and the like uh, in Australia. It just lost a contract, in fact, with Chemist Warehouse yeah. uh, for PBS Medicine. So that was a big hit. 
although I think it's now looking to focus on Terry White chemists. Uh, nonetheless, though, um, David, that uh, was obviously a big setback. Yeah, certainly was. And, you know, the share price reflected that announcement, that's yeah. for sure. Yeah. Um, so it was a big disappointment. Um, look, it's this one, I got to say, it's not it's not exciting at all. Uh, you know, I'm looking at these numbers here and it's just steady as she goes. I mean, even the yield is not exciting. It's about 2.3%, um, 95% franked. Uh, but I, I can't, you know, I'm looking at the return on equities around 12%. It's okay, it's average, but the earnings growth is, you know, steady as she goes. But it's on a PE of 26. I can't, personally, could not justify buying this stock up there. It's not it's not a growth story. I mean, they're in, you know, they're in a lot of different services they're providing um, in terms of, you know, the the healthcare and um, their wholesale of medical and pharmaceutical products. And Australia's leading animal care brand owner as well, product market and distributor. Well, there, um, there are two winners right there when you look at society at the moment. Uh, you know, we're getting older, uh, the need for medical devices, equipment and medicines and the like, and animal health care. Uh, everyone's, yeah. you know, got a pet now. Yep. So you would think they're two big growth areas. So what are they missing here? Well, it's not, it's just, I don't know. It's just, like I said, it's just a distributor. It's, uh, it's not, there's no, you know, it, it, there's no like, organic growth that I can see here mm. and it sh- reflects on the chart you know it's it did you know peak up but you know from the October lows it got up to about 40 whatever that is $45 and then crashed down back to where it is now and then it's trying to recover but look on the chart it looks really weak here especially with that gap down after that announcement so this is not a buy for me in fact I'd, I'd be a seller I'd be looking for other opportunities in the healthcare space, not this one that's got some growth. No. You can't argue with the loss of the Chemist Warehouse uh, agreement because Chemist Warehouse, obviously the largest chemist I- in Australia, then you've got Terry White and then you've got um, uh, West Farmers just bought it. Priceline. Priceline, Pharma, Australian Pharmaceuticals. So, mm. yeah, so that, that is, is, is a massive contract. And most analysts have had to take a knife to the earnings going through to 2025, 2026, because that's how much it does affect this business. So, yeah, you know, you can catch a falling knife and look, as you saw, the, the, the charts fell and it's now started to move itself back up again. But even though that EBITDA line isn't going to get any better for a while. So you just got to be careful uh, with this one because they're going to continue to report losses because of that contract loss. And it's a big contract loss. It's 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 the biggest in Australia. So um, yes, they've got some other strong. So you can see that starting to move up a little bit and mm. starting to regain, but it's back to where it was in August uh, last year. So you know it 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 yeah, losing that contract is is definitely going to. Um, they're going to have to do mm. some other capital initiatives, some cost out, some rationalisation of the businesses, uh, and and looking at those supply contracts to basically make sure things are going well so i just don't think you need to be there i think it's a sell um it's not a one-trick pony and they've got other things and more people spend more money on the pets than they do on themselves so like it's in the right space but it needs to prove that and to what david says is yes it's just a distributor do they have a big moat i mean yes because you know you, you it's hard to set up these relationships and move forward but again, if Terry White decides to move somewhere else, then there's another contract loss, and then that just doesn't really prove up 
that the business is in solid footing. So, you know, I'd need to speak to management and get a real gauge on where they see the business going forward. But the loss of that chemist warehouse is taking a knife to it till 2025, and that's just going to really hurt. So it'd be a no from me. Yep. Okay. Ebos, a no from both. All right, let's get back into resources now with a focus on coal. It is New Hope Corporation, uh, picked by IRA, sort of diversified group. It has a bit of oil and gas exploration at the same time. And Adam, mm. you know, I guess particularly when you focus on coal, so much of that story at the moment is about what's going on in China. Yeah, definitely. And I looked at the coal price the other day and I, I said to one of the guys on the floor, I said, gee, when are we going to get back to $400, you know, in, in the coal price? Which, which is never going to happen again because mm. it was the Russia-Ukraine war and everything just rallied up. And then, you know, now mm. it's back to sort of $100. Uh, it, it, it's seeing it's quite um, quite tough. Now, New Hope's actually outperformed Whitehaven on a, on a relative basis. It's actually done a lot better. Um, so, look, for that alone, I, I'm okay with it. Some of their natural gas prices, their thermal coal or the fuel, that's a nice long side to it. But, you know, um, the, the dividends on these coal stocks are absolutely really good at the moment, but that's because the coal price was elevated. But we're then having to cut our earnings forecast because of that pullback in the coal price as well. So, look, I prefer Whitehaven uh, in the smaller space. I do a lot of investing in Terracom, uh, TER. I think that's a fantastic business as well, but it's also running down assets, so it's a little bit different. Um, I think overall the outlook for energy prices and especially coal is positive from where the coal price is today. <clears throat> but I prefer Whitehaven <clears throat> over this one and um, energy outlook sees thermal coal downgrades coming. And yeah. I think you just got to be careful in that well, space. Well, I guess if you're looking at the long-term story, it's all negative, isn't it, for yeah. coal? Yeah. Uh, okay, more broadly, yeah. Adam, in the energy space, where would you be looking at the moment? Not exclusively coal, but generally in energy. Yeah, so I, I think, you know, to our comments around the oil price, they're, they're def- the Saudis definitely want to get that back up to 80 bucks, right? So there's, there's a natural uplift that you can have a look in some of the oil space uh, at the moment. Um Energy side of things, uh, the gas market's really tough. AGL's had a really good run, now starting to pull back a little bit. Um, but I, I'd, I'd stick with the oil uh, side of things. I think oil is is something that mm. they play around with that and they, they market it really, really well and they don't they, they want to keep it above 80 bucks and so that's where it's, 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 going, to, it's going to move. Uh, so yeah, oil would be one of those ones that I would stay in that energy space. Do you, are you looking sort of further afield alternatives such as uranium, for instance? Uh, we've got a lot of uranium exposure, and then there's lots of talk about this SMR technology. Don't tell me, ask me what it is supposed to be, but it's a small matter reactor, and Chinese just came out yesterday and talked about it. But basically, pop up reactors. Yeah, pop up. They're smaller, they're yeah. not so costly, and they can provide the energy. So definitely uranium. Next gen is probably the one that I like in that space or Paladin. Both of those are really, really good. Paladin big boy producing next gen in in Canada. Uh, It's going to be massive. Uh, So they're the kind of spaces that would stay in the uranium space. Mm. Again, it's a tough space to be though Mm. and has a bad smell uh, bad reputation bad feeling bad Maybe. feeling radiation that's a bad feeling well the, <laughs> never had it but uh, they <laughs> say it is but yeah the, the, but people are still got it in their head Fukushima they've still got it in their head that this is bad 
And it's going to take a long time to change that public perception about it, albeit yeah. it is probably very clean energy and very, very Well, good. as you say, it's all politically driven, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. So I'd be careful. But yeah, um, uranium, yeah, we, we yep. definitely invest in that. Space. All right. Okay. Um, we, uh, we got off topic a little bit. David, let's 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 go back to New Hope then in, in the coal space. What are your thoughts are? Well, look, I, I'm not as pessimistic about uh, coal as as I'm hearing a lot of analysts out there say. You know, I I think there's going to be a supply demand gap here yeah. going forward, and I I like New Hope. I like uh, Whitehaven as well, Terracom. Um, I think down here, look, it's it's getting that support level. There's fantastic. What a year coal producers had last year yeah. um, but you know we're talking about shutting down all the coal mines over the next decade what's the replacement to that mm. really i mean we're going to have an energy crisis here when we already do yeah but yeah it's going to get worse exactly yeah. so you know there's no replacement viable replacement right now and um with renewables so uh, you know i just think there's going to be a real gap here with uh, the demand versus supply i know it's what i'm saying is not you know politically correct or environmentally correct but it's you know when your power shuts down i tell you what you want it back up again that's for sure mm. you know so you know it's it's to me geez you look at these numbers here and they're just like it's you'd, you'd have to say if you didn't know it was coal you'd be a screaming by here yeah, yeah. Uh, i would be a whole definitely a holder and in fact i'd be even a, a buyer here buying not aggressively i'd be buying some here or Whitehaven as well one of those they're both Excellent. I mean, you know, got Sol Pats, who's a major shareholder yep. as well. They're doing a share buyback as well. They're buying back um, $300 million worth of shares <clears throat> at the moment. And the company's <clears throat> only, well, it's bought back about $97 million worth. Yeah. So they've bought 17 million shares so far. All right. Very quickly, as I asked uh, Adam as well, anywhere else in the energy sector you're looking at the moment? Well, like, like I was mentioning those stocks before, I, yep. I really like uh, Santos. I like Woodside. Mm. I like Karoom. I like beach, just that whole space. I think yeah, those big producers. They're, they're. Um, I think people are going to be surprised when they report. Um, you know, and there's going to be some special dividends as as well. All right. Okay, let's uh, round it out with our tenth stock. It is Bell Financial, picked by uh, Josh. It's uh, online broking, corporate finance, financial advisory. Uh, David, what can you tell us about Bell Financial? Not much. <laughs> <laughs> I'll second it's, that. <laughs> I, I can't get it. It's a broking firm. I mean, it's yeah. very lumpy, their earnings. Uh, it's just, you know, it's had a bit of a lift on their um, latest update. They expect, you know, their net pro- first half profit before tax, approximately 16.2 million, up 21%. But again, if you look at that, you know, it's, it's a kind of like, it's very lumpy, their earnings. Broking is not a good business at the moment. It's, you know, it's just tough. Yep. So for me... I'd be a sell here. I, you know, I wouldn't be buying it, but would, you know, you could hold it if you want. But it's not a buy for me. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Adam. In fact, I know you were frustrated because we were going to do net wealth, but we in fact covered this yesterday yeah. on the show, and I yeah. know you've done your research on well, that, so I might get your view on that while we're here. But <laughs> but, but Bell Financial. Bell. Yeah. Like the big friendly giant. Um. So like. <laughs> What do you do? I mean, we, I work in a broking firm. Like, we, we work in broking firms. So we can actually see ECM is pretty much dead. So that's just capital markets and generating revenue. Uh, sorry, raising money. That 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 It's been like one or two deals this year. Like, it's been really quiet. And anybody that's raising money, they're raising 5 million bucks, 10 million bucks. There's none of these big 
you know, capital raises coming through. So there's, there's a whole department that is struggling at the moment. Mm. The brokers, yes, day to day, we're buying and selling shares, but we all know volumes are lighter, volumes are down. They do have a good technology platform, so Bell Direct and all of that kind of stuff. I come up against it regularly. Um, so that, that I think, is, is, is one of the bright spots inside of that. But they seem to be cutting their own lunch. So in other words, the client will go, well, I can buy it on Bell Direct for 30 bucks or $15, mm. but you're going to charge me 50 or or $100 to do it. So it doesn't seem that model obviously is working, but it's just a different. So for me, it would be a void. I don't like broking firms. I work in one. I'm over leveraged to the market anyway, so I wouldn't be buying this yeah. uh, as a way. Um, but net wealth, yeah, look, looking, net wealth looking really good. It's a good margin, 50%. Cash is there. Um, they're doing really well. Uh, they're keeping some inflows in there as well. Hub's doing also pretty well. Mm. Um, but, you know, I'd, I'd, I'd say net wealth as a buy hub would be a hold. Um, but all in all, that platform business is licensed to print money at the moment. So not too bad. Did you want to add something? No. No, really, I, I, yeah, it's just not an exciting you know, business that doesn't <laughs> you, You're not excited today at all. What has excited <laughs> well, you? Well, no, I am excited about, um, <laughs> no, I am excited about the energy sector, I must yeah. say. Mm-hmm. I think I've, I am bullish there and I'm really surprised the market hasn't caught up to it yet. But, you know, keep an eye on crude and, you know, that's going to be what's going to commodity prices. And yeah. so we're not out of the woods here by a long shot, yeah. you know. And, um, you know, think about this with the US dollar going down. That's also inflationary as well. Very much. So how how can you be celebrating on these, you know, one-off numbers? It's given Wall Street an excuse to buy more tech stocks, <laughs> or, or you know, paying re- unbelievable prices. At yeah. The moment. I've seen this story before. You know, how many times have, this this reminds me of the seventies, uh, the eighties actually, not the seventies. I wasn't I was too young then, but I remember the eighties and the eighty-seven crash where. We've, we've never seen this since the 80s where you've got interest rates going up along with the stock market. Mm. Okay, I've never seen a bull market with interest rates going up. Now we've got earnings coming out right. and that starting you- tonight in the yeah. US. Uh, yeah. watch, watch this space. Yeah. Um, right. They've lowered the benchmark, but you know, really, lower corporate earnings, rising interest rates with inflationary threats. Do you want to buy tech stocks up here? Not for me. <laughs> All right, stick to energy. All right, let's uh, sum up where we've been uh, for the second half of the show. Emerald Resources, uh, gold in Cambodia. Now, now David's uh, looking to take some profit to sell. Similarly there with Adam there to take some profit uh, by sort of preferring the the bigger end. Uh, Integrated Research, um, it's a sell or maybe an avoid, in fact, from Adam. Similarly, also from David with its uh, share price essentially flatlining at this point. Uh, EBOS Group. Also, a double sell, uh, given as a bad news as far as uh, it losing that contract uh, with Chemist Warehouse. That's been a big hit to the company. In the coal space, New Hope, uh, Adam, it was no, wasn't it? Yeah, I yeah. prefer Whitehaven. Yeah, Whitehaven, uh, Terracom. That's what uh, Adam likes. Uh, David, he's got a, a hold on it. Potentially, if... Uh, I'd have a nibble on it. I'd buy it. A buy. Yeah, yeah, I reckon. Why not? All right, yeah. he's convinced himself. Uh, yeah. yeah, a buy there for New Hope. Uh, we know that uh, David's liking energy at the moment. I'm going to get excited about something. <laughs> and let's round it out with uh, Bell Financial. Uh, look, at a sell and avoid. No. Um, and Adam, in fact, if you're looking at that space, he quite likes net wealth. All right. So that is the show for today. Thanks to our guests. David, thanks for joining us on Wealthwise Education. Pleasure. My pleasure. And Adam from Shore & Partners. Good yep. luck. Thank yeah, you. It's good fun. All right. 
uh, any stocks you'd like us to cover, go to osbiz.co forward slash callpicks or you can tweet us at osbiz.tv. Thanks for watching. The Pulse is up next. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads.